for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson, back from another weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend with you and your family. I'm glad to be back. I uh, had a chance to go up and see my mother, and um, she's uh, unfortunately not doing well. Um, but the planet has had her for 92 glorious years. So if you would, uh, as a Newsmax audience, I'll just ask just one personal favor. If you would say a prayer for Bonnie and Sioux Falls, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. So I did have a chance to see the economy firsthand as I drove up the I-29 corridor, which just was actually flooded not too long ago, two years ago. Uh, completely flooded in the area between, and many of you don't know this, Omaha, Nebraska, and say St. Joseph, Missouri, and thousands and thousands of acres of farmland, which feed you and me, were rendered completely worthless for at least uh, one growing season. And I'll get into that very shortly on the show, because I'm, I'm from the Midwest, and I've seen suffering before, and there is suffering going on right now around the country with regard to Joe Biden's terrible, 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 terrible economy. Uh, Joe Biden's terrible, terrible, terrible Rooseveltian plan for the country by spending, spending, spending us into oblivion and destroying the currency and cause inflation to go crazy. All right. This weekend, I went to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I filled my tank of gas, which was about $1.99 a gallon in December of last year and $3.49 a gallon this weekend. Okay. Now, that is uh, without ethanol. I didn't realize that. But if you want fuel without ethanol, it's $349. If you want fuel with ethanol, it's about $289, $279. So depending on uh, what kind of gas you get, it uh, could be uh, uh, almost like 70% more than last year versus, uh, say, 50% more from last year. So, yeah, $349 a gallon. It was, it was very difficult to watch uh, 50 gallons going into my tank again because I remember that from the Obama administration when I was living in Washington, D.C., and gas was like... Uh, $4 a gallon, and uh, it was terrible. So the price of lumber, the gas, the price of coffee, uh, eggs, chicken, uh, lumber is just through the ceiling, by the way. Steel has doubled since last year, and our currency is going down the toilet. Our, uh, our currency is going down the toilet, and it will continue to do so. It was so bad, the numbers on Friday, the, the unemployment numbers, the number of new employed uh, people was 266,000. They expected a million, and I don't know how you could expect a million when they're doing Rooseveltian uh, economic plan, which is creating work, but not jobs. And none of that stuff has happened, by the way. And it should be, honestly, it should be very easy. You open up business, a million people will apply. But right now we have people getting more on unemployment than they do if they went to work. And the currency is going to the crapper. Here is MSNBC announcing the numbers on Friday and thinking it was a typo. Uh, Rick, we'll get to you. I, I don't want to, let's get to Steve because he's got the number. It's, okay, good. 1.08. Steve, the number. Uh, wow, it just came across. Give me a second here. Uh, we have the number here. Just came across. Ah, sorry about that. It came across very quickly here. It looks like 266,000. If it was a Scooby-Doo episode, Shaggy would be going, zoinks! It looks like it was a big disappointment at 266. Scooby-Doo, we're all screwed! But maybe I have that wrong. Let me double-check the Bureau website here. Uh, one second. Uh, yes, 266 is correct. Unemployment change, little change is 6.1%. So we have some issues here. 266,000. Uh, yeah, it was really terrible. It was really terrible. But, you know, this is really funny. Joe Biden uh, made an announcement shortly thereafter and said this is actually a good thing. And are you ready for this? Joe Biden 
you know, giving his, uh, you know, mental foibles, says he's laser focused. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's funny. This month's job numbers show we're on the right track. We still have a long way to go. If we're going to hell in a handbasket. As I said, my laser focus is on great. <laughs> laser focus. He's laser focused. Man, if he is laser focused, then I am a rocket scientist. In the nation's economy and creating jobs. My laser focus is on vaccinating our nation. And getting to the end of this press conference without completely getting off track. And we're making continued progress. And getting some more jello at the nursing facility tonight for doing well. My laser focus is on one more thing. Making sure working people in this country, hardworking people, are no longer left out in the cold. They're going to get a shit. He's about as laser focused as the light from a candle. The benefits of a rising economy. It's been a long time since that happened. I've called my plan the blue collar blueprint for America. That's exactly what it is. It's also called the polish the uh, <coughs> fecal material plan. So let's not let up. We're still digging our way out of a very deep hole we we're put in. No one should underestimate how tough this battle is. Wow. We still have a job to do here in Washington. Did you notice that uh, it was the worst thing ever? The economy was the worst ever when Barack Obama took over office. And then, you know, the, the worst economy again when he took off. And now it's the worst economy ever. Every time a Democrat takes office, everything is a hell of a handbasket. It's not because it's a hell of a handbasket, by the way. It is not because of that. It's because they want to act like anything positive that happens is really gigantic because they want to tell you that everything was terrible. All right. That's what it's all about, kids. And the economy was was booming and unemployment was like three point five percent black unemployment, the lowest in history. Uh, Hispanic unemployment, lowest history, most women in the job force. And then covid comes along. And it's still being played up. It's still being played up. By the way, the average weekly unemployment benefit now six hundred and thirty eight dollars, three hundred dollars more than it was in twenty nineteen. That's more than had double. That means people are earning about 16 bucks an hour, more than double the, the federal minimum wage, which is 725. Restaurant owners say it's already driving inflation and the country isn't even open again. Mitch McConnell said the government has uh, flooded the zone with checks and it has dissuaded people from looking for jobs. All of this is true. Montana's governor axed federal unemployment checks and instead is giving $1,200 bonuses to get jobs. Good, good. Get off your booty and get a job. April jobs growth was a quarter of what was expected at 266 instead of 1 million jobs. And there you go. That's what is happening around the country. And if you can make, like my sister, she was laid off, closed. J.C. Benny was just closed. She manages. She got $48,000 a year on unemployment. She's back at work because, you see, she likes to work. She's got that classic Midwestern work ethic. Here is a Janet Yellen talking about the bad job numbers and attempting to polish some fecal material. I'd note that the jobs report is a little bit stronger than the headline numbers might suggest on the hiring front. This, this woman, honestly, for as educated as she is and for the millions of dollars she gets for speeches and whatnot, really knows nothing. The number of people working part-time um, for economic reasons, namely involuntary part-time work, that number declined by 600,000. 13 million businesses are looking for employees right now. And hours, average hours of work ticked up by a tenth. So that means that an extra margin in, wi in which employers... This is faculty lounge gobbledygook. ...are um, able to boost their uh, labor is by 
they really need to do a language program for faculty lounge uh, gobbledygook. Adding to hours of existing employees. And blah, 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 blah. Okay, I get a little fuzzy. I get a little unlaser focused when I hear people talking like that. By the way, uh, they got a long way to go, but Joe Biden says we need more federal spending. Huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've added uh, earmarks to budgets now. Representative uh, Donald Payne requested $436,000 for meditation and restorative yoga program in his New Jersey district. How about, you know what, <clears throat> how about you just get over yourselves? Representative Richie Neal, a Democrat from Massachusetts, uh, asked for $1 million for Forest Park, a horticultural plan in his district. Representative Adriano Espayat of New York is asking for $1.5 million for the Charles B. Rangel Center at the SETI College of New York. Yeah, they named something after Charles Rangel. I know, really, really. So, yeah, earmarks are back, and they're spending money like it's... Um, Going out of style, um, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm is blaming the pandemic for soaring gas prices. Now, this, of course, is nothing to do with uh, Biden's war on the fossil fuels and uh, saying that all the, uh, the vehicles in the federal fleet are going to become electric and shutting down the Keystone pipeline. None of that. None of that happened to it, you know, and, and uh, all sorts of banning on uh, fracking and uh, and drilling on federal land, and et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. It's apparently it's apparently uh, the pandemic. Yeah. According to Jennifer Granholm. You know, Jennifer, um. We're smarter than you. I know it's crazy. I want to know how you get to be energy secretary and can say stuff like this when we watch our gas prices go through the ceiling. Ceiling. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Oh, Joe Biden made a joke about masks on Friday. He was asked once again about his... The strangest of... Uh, with him, with regard to masks, he, for instance, made a big announcement. You don't have to wear a mask anymore, but he walked up to the podium wearing a mask by himself. Then we got to the podium, he took it out. And, and apparently, according to the Fed, we can go outside without any masks on, right? Well, he was asked about this on Friday, and he said it was a joke. Mr. President, do you... Uh, on CDC, you walked up to the podium with your mask on. Why do you choose to wear a mask so often when you're vaccinated and you're around other people who are vaccinated? I'm worried about you. That's a joke. He says, I'm worried about you. That's a joke. See, you know, if you if you have to tell somebody that's a joke, it really wasn't a joke. <laughs> or, or when you're on stage and you get no reaction, that's that's when you say hey, that was a joke. And then that's when you wrap up your set and say, thanks, everybody. Have a good evening. Make, make sure to tip your bartenders and waitresses. I'll be around next week. Why, why am I, I speak from experience. The mask, because when we're inside, it's still good policy to wear the mask. That's why when I'm outside. And the problem is, lots of times I walk away from this podium, you notice I forget to put my mask back on because I'm used to not wearing it out. Is that what it is? No, it's because you just forget everything. <laughs> That's it, it's not because you forget to wear your mask. You forget everything. You forget where you are. You forget, you know, just all you know, your wife's name, all, all sorts of stuff. Here is uh, Stuart Varney destroying the uh, Secretary of Labor with regard to the, uh, the unemployment numbers and with regard to people getting paid more to sit on their butts and collect unemployment. And uh, that's kind of that actually has kind of been the Democrat way of life for decades. If employers are unwilling to bring people back because of liability, maybe we should do something about liability. What do you say, Mr. Secretary? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with uh, the first, uh, any really any of those points. Uh, I, I think that um, people aren't coming back to work because they, they, they their job isn't there. Uh, it has nothing to do, in my opinion, or very little to do with unemployment insurance. Uh, unemployment insurance. There are seven it, it, million jobs going to begging, Mr. Secretary. There are seven million. Okay, seven million people are looking. I said thirteen. Only seven million people are begging people to come back to work. Almost seven million unfilled jobs in this country as we speak. 
So I guess if, if I went with that assumption, I would assume that 9 million Americans... It's not really an assumption. It's, it's actually if you just ask people. ...decided not to go to work because they're collecting unemployment insurance, which I don't think is the case. I think many people want... Most people want to be back at work. They want to get their career. Unemployment insurance is a temporary fix. Uh, we, 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 we... Except for members of teachers' unions and their leaders. Two plans here in this country. One was the CARES plan. Uh, back a few months ago when the pandemic first hit and the rescue plan which is more recently was still living in the midst of a pandemic we do have no actually it's it's dying off very quickly and they're told uh, you're supposed to take your mask off and the country should open around child care in this country where child care facilities still aren't open and, and there's not good strong child care available right now see that's part of being a, an adult you know it, it's kind of weird if you have children you have babies and you, you need to have a job to have babies and support babies and raise babies. And you even got to have child care. And honestly, if you didn't have, if you had child care before the pandemic, you'll find child care now. All right. So enough with the, you know, I hate to be a whole hardcore and everything, but enough with the excuse making. I didn't make excuses. I had to go to work every single day uh, at a car dealership. I sold cars for a while. And I had to go work every day without a mask for six months. And then they told me I had to wear a mask. But I had to go to work and I had to provide for my family. Kind of weird. Kind of weird that way. Yeah. The country needs to be open again. Oh, Anthony Fauci this weekend said that uh, looks like we might be wearing seasonable masks. Okay, so from now on, he's saying from here on out. That, say, for instance, when flu season rolls around, we may have to wear masks outdoors, indoors. So basically, uh, every Thanksgiving and Christmas into the future forever, you're going to have to wear masks. Uh, he also said that uh, things probably may not even improve by next Mother's Day. Give everyone a sense of what the country is going to look like next Mother's Day. Well, George, I hope that next Mother's Day we're going to see a, a dramatic difference than what we're seeing right now. I believe that we will be... Are y'all getting a little tired of this noise? And it's not just being uh, uh, tired of wearing masks. It's just tired of the BS and tired of the lies and tired of the hypocrisy and tired of the president not knowing when to wear a mask, how to wear a mask, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are you a little bit tired of it? Are you tired of an entire generation of children having their lives ruined because some teachers won't go back to school even though it's been ruled completely safe? Aren't you just getting a little tired? I'm tired. About as close to back to normal as we can. And there's, there's some conditions to that, George. We've got to make sure... Now he's saying next Mother's Day. Guys, last March he said 15 days. We get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated. When that happens, the virus... Last December, Fauci predicted Americans could return to normalcy by June, which just happens to be next month. Then he said normality would return by the fall. Now he's saying uh, end of 2021, and now he's saying Mother's Day next year. Doesn't really have any place to go. There aren't a lot of vulnerable people. You know when he talks what I hear? Blah, 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 blah. Brown. And where there are not a lot of vulnerable people around, you're not going to see a... Kind of like the, uh, what my wife says to me when I'm watching television. Or, you know, when she starts to give me a bunch of stuff to do for the weekend. Just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I love my wife. I'm just kidding. Here is a uh, Biden administration official. This is the... Uh, uh, oh, this is, this is priceless. Uh, COVID coordinator Jeffrey Zients admitting that the uh, U.S. government is creating a caste system where vaccinated individuals will have more freedoms and privileges than non-vaccinated people. And by the way, if you get vaccinated, you'll get more mask privileges. Now, listen to this. He's saying that it is a privilege to not wear a surgical mask everywhere you go. All right. He is saying that it is a privilege 
Now, if you would have said this two years ago, that it would be a privilege for you not have to wear a surgical mask over your face everywhere you go, that is a privilege. Wow. Journalists are annoyingly harping on this, and some health experts are, is because there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and President Biden being able to take off his mask in a room full of... Are you... Did, did you see any light at the end of the tunnel? And do you see it now? Because it, it appears to be getting a little fuzzy. Journalists and White House staffers, all of whom are fully vaccinated, is a demonstration that the vaccines work. You and I are both vaccinated, and you and I are in a room together talking. You know, if I was sitting in a room the same distance they are on CNN uh, without a mask on... Uh, even if I knew that other person was vaccinated or not vaccinated, it wouldn't matter to me and I wouldn't be afraid. And I have no fear that I'm going to get the virus. I know I'm crazy. ...from you and I assume vice versa. And I think the concern is that by being overly cautious, the signal is going out to the... Where are the body pits? I'm still waiting for the body pits. Uh, now the CDC is saying 900,000 people have died from COVID instead of 450,000. So they doubled the death toll out of nowhere this weekend that there isn't a to stoke more fear sorry light at the end of the tunnel do you understand why people well, are I, I think i think everyone is tired um and wearing a mask is it can be a pain but, tired of the bs is what it is uh, but we're we're getting there and the light at the end of the tunnel is brighter and brighter yeah but well it's moving uh down the tunnel quite a ways until next mother's day let's keep up our guard. tunnel's getting a whole lot longer let's follow the cdc Guidance. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just the tunnel is like two years longer. And the CDC guidance across <laughs> time will allow vaccinated people more and more privileges to take off that mask. Privileges. A new CNN poll shows that four in ten vaccinated Americans, okay, these are all vaccinated, 40%. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for you not have to wear a surgical mask outside. Isn't that amazing? This is the country we live in now. It is a privilege that you don't have to cover half of your face up. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is, is this dystopian? Um, I'm thinking we ought to look up the, the definition of the word dystopian because, uh, yeah, this is dystopian. This is just honestly ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. All right. Researchers, by the way, at UCLA asked more than 7,000 unvaccinated Americans whether cash incentives would encourage them to get the COVID-19 shot. 34% said they would be more likely to get vaccinated if they're offered $100. <laughs> $100 would make them less likely to get uh, vaccinated. Latest figures put the number of fully vaccinated adults at 34%. 46% have had one dose, okay? So <laughs> this is great, man. After averaging over 3 million vaccination shots a day in mid-April, the rolling vaccine daily rate has slipped below 2 million. So $100 apparently would do it. Uh, Krispy Kreme donuts for some other people, which is kind of funny because, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts is offering a free donut if you go in and you show them that you've been vaccinated. So you mean to tell me that I can get a glazed donut that normally costs about what? About a buck, maybe a little bit less than a buck. If I just disclose personal private health information to you, I can get a free donut? Okay. <laughs> Just this, this whole thing, I mean, do you see the absurd? Do you see why I use absurdity and humor to make a point? Because honestly, I I the only way you can kind of begin to make sense of this or even to raise yourself above it and look at it from, uh, you know, the flying altitude and realize that, uh, you know, we are ants and this is a very small problem in, in, in many areas. You've got to back up. You've got to back up and you've got to say, this is absurd. This is absurd. There is absurdity happening around us. Three university Amherst honor students have been kicked out of school because they were seen in a photo without masks when they were at an off-campus party. 
Okay, this is just this week. I got a story here I'm going to share with you, okay? These students are good students. They're good girls. They work very hard. They are freshmen. They've had an entire first semester wiped away, including the $16,000 that they paid for tuition because somebody ratted them out at a party off campus, even though the CDC says you can be at a party off campus outside without a mask on. UMass Amherst students say they're not being treated fairly. They were suspended for not wearing masks. This is a report from WCVB-TV. At an off-campus outdoor event. Good evening, I'm Paula Eben. And I'm Anna Ritas Rodriguez. The students have now been told they've lost their credits and tuition for this semester. But as WBZ's Paul Burton shows us, they believe there's proof the school isn't applying the same. They need to sue the school into oblivion. Rules to everyone. There was a photo sent to the administration of these girls outside, off campus, on a Saturday. Some busybody sent pictures to the administration. I mean, wow. I wonder if that person wears brown shirts a lot. This is why they've lost a whole semester of their schooling. Tewksbury parents, Kristen and Scott, are speaking out on behalf of their daughter. She, along with two of her friends... Can you imagine the audacity of college students being outside at a party, off campus, without a mask on? Oh, my God. Here in this photo are freshmen. I think about all the people they probably killed. UMass Amherst. Oh, yeah, none. And it's this picture that was posted on social media, and then someone handed it over to the university that has landed them in serious trouble. I want to find the person who turned that photo in, because honestly, seriously, and that shouldn't be hard to find. They posed for it, so I'm sure they know who took the picture. And two others attended... Um, a gathering. Plus it was shared on social media and then Shum shared the social media with the administration and the administration dove on. I hope the parents sue them into the uh, into oblivion. At, off campus and were immediately removed from housing and wow. suspended. Removed from housing. Kicked out of their dorm rooms. Heartbreaking. <laughs> Teresa and RJ's daughter was also suspended. Oh. What also infuriates these parents was this video of the UMass Amherst hockey team celebrating their national championship on campus. Some students, including some of the players, could be seen not wearing masks. All of them outside with no masks on, but they're boys, so it's no big deal. I just want the university administration to be equitable and fair. Since their suspension, the students have been studying remotely at their home. Which is not uncommon for students now. But just last week, they were cut off from their virtual learning. Oh, they even cut off the virtual learning. That's fantastic. They weren't allowed to take their finals, so this entire... Might as well ruin their lives. ...semester was a total loss, both academically and financially. So that negates this whole semester, 16 grand of money, and... They have to reapply for next semester. UMass Amherst released a statement saying students received a number of public health messages this semester that emphasize the importance of following public health protocols and the... I hope we can look at this stain on our history very soon and hold those who did these sort of things accountable, including Anthony Fauci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, we got a special guest coming up in a few minutes. You're going to like this. Did you realize that uh, the cicadas are about ready to hit? Now, this is a big deal to me because I lived in two states the last time that it hit. In Cincinnati and Ohio. Well, Fort Thomas, Kentucky, actually across the river. And in Washington, D.C. Both were completely coated with cicadas. Cicadas are crazy. And they come out every 17 years. And Brood 10, which I call Brood X, is coming out. We're going to be talking to entomologist Paula Shrewsbury of uh, the University of Maryland about the cicadas. And they're coming. And they're coming. So the latest tactic by Black Lives Matter is to uh, uh, stop people at intersections, keep them from going places, and then literally show up armed. 
at the um, Kentucky Derby, there was a restaurant where Black Lives Matter attacked a bunch of outdoor diners. One of them just happened to have a pistol. I was a little embarrassed. It was like one of those little Derringers. What sort of a man carries a Derringer unless you're, you know, wearing a, a handlebar mustache and, and it's like 1860 and you're playing poker in a bar in the middle of the, the Wild West, you know. But anyway, he was, he was carrying a Derringer, which is kind of akin to, uh, I don't know, having a small gun. But anyway, uh, that aside, but that's what they're doing these days, including uh, to a guy in Portland. Now, a guy in Portland had been stopped by armed Black Lives Matter uh, protesters, and he got out with a, <laughs> again, small gun, uh, a pellet gun to kind of frighten them away, and they ended up taking the pellet gun and beating the snot out of them. Joe Hall has a long recovery ahead of him. Partially collapsed left lung to... Um, yeah, but he made the mistake of driving somewhere on a public street. So he deserved now. Lower vertebrae uh, fractured. That's on top of five broken ribs, a broken collarbone, and head trauma. I stood my ground. Some people from BLM need to go to jail. And I would do it all over again. Paul, a local handyman, says he was trying to defend himself after getting stopped in his pickup by a crowd in the street and other vehicles along North Alberta near Michigan Avenue. All of a sudden, this, you know, these agitators come out screaming, pounding on my truck. He said he tried to go around the did it in Portland too, by the way. group, but stopped and got out of his car after he thought he hit something. By this time, I've got five people surrounding my vehicle, AR-15s, AK-47s. Hall said people... In See, that would be illegal. That that is stopping people in their cars in traffic with AR-15s. That's, that's illegal. That's like terrorism. ...crowd were calling him derogatory names and pointing guns at him. They called him Nazi. While his door was open, Hall told me someone took his keys and his less lethal firearm, so he grabbed his pistol. I pulled my thirty-eight out of my... Oh, he had a thirty-eight, I guess. ...right pocket and pointed it at the ground and told them, if a weapon points at me again... I will shoot to eliminate the threat. Shortly after that, Hall said someone tackled him to the ground and took his gun. Videos posted to social media showing the event unfolding with posters praising the crowd's disarming of the man. A neighbor telling me she's... You see, the crowd was uh, armed first, so he had every right to defend himself. Uh, and yes, and by the way, in some states, um, and I believe it is, uh, I think it was Oklahoma, they said it's okay to run people over if they try to stop you and injure you in your car. Uh, so a protest is not a good excuse. So get out the way. Get out the way. Let's talk about cicadas, shall we? Let's talk to a, a, a bug geek entomologist. Her name is Paula Shrewsbury. She knows her bugsness. And let's call her right now. Hello, this is Paula. Hello, Paula. Rob Carson calling. How are you today? I'm good, Rob. How are you? I'm good. I cannot believe it's been 17 years since uh, since the last, what, uh, breed, brood X, brood 10? Technically brood 10, but... Brood X just sounds so much more mysterious. <laughs> you know, it's really funny because I was a new father the last time it happened. My son was four years old. We had just moved mm -hmm. to Maryland. We had moved from the Cincinnati area. So we were in Maryland when the when the brood came around last time, and there weren't very many. And then we, we went back to, to Cincinnati, and it was a plague. You couldn't see the windshield because of all the bug smear on your windshield. Uh, what do you what? Tell me about this year versus then. Do you have any indication uh, how how it's going to be worse? Going to be better? Going to be the same? I would say it's probably going to be the same. They have um, there's a lot of selection pressure and behaviors that they have in their biology, um, so that they emerge in large large numbers 
synchronously, so all at the same time or approximately the same time. Yeah. So that just survived better. So, so they're going to keep emerging in huge numbers. So I don't think it's going to go down that much. We had a few emerge early um, in 2017 and a few more emerge early in 2020 of the Brood 10, but I don't think that was enough to be noticeable. Now, this uh, you're an entomologist, so uh, this has got to be like, uh, uh, you know, better than the Super Bowl for you. I mean, do you have anything big, oh, big planned in the in the entomology this, department? <laughs> this is way than the Super Bowl. Um, we don't have any specific plans, but we are very active in the whole cicada thing right now. So we've got um, classes being taught using the cicadas. We've got um, lots of outreach going on. Um, all kinds of, of activities. It's very interesting um, now that I've been on the planet long enough to have seen something like this when I was, you know, uh, you know, in my early 30s uh, versus kids now, you know, who were born 17, 18 years ago. They have no idea. And, and I feel like such an old sage that I've seen now. I'm going to be seeing two of these in these events happen. It's it's just it's just crazy. Um, do you do you think there's a lot of uh, cicada fear out there? Because I'll, I'm going to share my story about my son. But is there there a, a good deal of fear out there with regard to the coming of the cicadas? Sure. Let me just go back one though. Yeah. So you were saying how your son was four, and you're feeling like you're living through another cicada. So. Um, I've had people contact me and say that they, they have this the T-shirts that they cicada T-shirts they gave their kids <laughs> the last 2004, and now they're grown adults. So it was the same thing. It was some person, his kid was like three or four, and now that he took a picture of his kid now who's an adult holding this wow. T-shirt from when he was three or four. So oh, very crazy. cute, I thought. So and now- I just... I became a new grandmother with a little grandson, and I gave him a cicada onesie. <laughs> and I told the need to save that for the next cicada emergence. So in 17 years, he can hold up his onesie and, and get a picture of it. Okay, now the cicadas come out of the ground when the ground temperature reaches, what, is it 64 degrees Fahrenheit? 64 degrees, correct. 64 degrees, and that's when it happens, uh, and it all happens kind of around the same time. Um, you've got states. How many states? Are 15 states altogether is what the, are going to be affected by this? This is a 17-year cicada, periodical cicada. It's known as Brood 10, and Brood 10 emerges in 15 states. It's one of the largest broods geographically. It's also large numbers. But the other thing that's really interesting about Brood 10 is that it will it comes out in major metropolitan areas, several major metropolitan areas. So there's Baltimore and D.C., there's um, Cincinnati, um, all of these different locations where it's coming out. So you're going to get a lot of interactions between the cicadas and people. It is. And in- go no, go ahead. About it, and then other people are fearful of it. Well, let me tell you my story real quick. When my son was uh, four years old, we we came from Washington, D.C., where we had a few cicadas, and we went to Cincinnati, where there were many. And when we got to the house, we were getting ready to close on our house. Uh, we we were The car was covered. The trees were covered. Couldn't even see the bark on the trees. And we grabbed my son, and we ran to the door, and we were fumbling and mumbling with the keys like in a horror movie. Whenever you're really nervous, you can't open the door very quickly. So by the time we, by the time we got in, we were covered with cicadas, and it was like that scene from Indiana Jones with the tarantulas on his back with my son and he has been terrified ever since (laughs) 
can send them up here to us, and we will help them get over that fear. You know, it's also funny. My wife went out and she was weed whacking the backyard because we're getting ready to sell the house, and it, it the 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 of the weed whacker was about the same frequency as the cicadas, and she got attacked. Yes. <laughs> she got attacked. I have heard that, that they they are actually you can go to some frequently asked questions on websites or hear different reports, and they say try to time your weed whacking and lawn mowing um, before 10 in the morning or later in the evening. <laughs> that, is, that is great. So now are you one of the, uh, the cicada eaters? Do you do you enjoy a cicada? Have you tried? I'm, I would assume you've tried a cicada prepared for you. Yes. I had, I was around for the 2004 emergence of Brood 10 Cicada, so I was fortunate to, ha- fortunate to have the opportunity to experience that, and part of that experience was eating cicadas. I've had cicada emergence cookies, which were quite yummy. They're chocolate, chocolate chip cookies with a cicada nymph coming out of the middle of it. So you can eat it kind of like an Oreo cookie. Eat everything and then save that middle for last. Always save the best for last, right? Um, And then add cicadas that have been stir-fried with a little garlic and, and butter and um, vegetables in there, and it was quite yummy. Well, you know, you, you look at, like, I, I lived in Maryland for a dozen years, and a blue crab really isn't uh, terribly attractive looking when you eat it. Uh, cicadas, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to say when you eat a blue crab, it's like eating the aliens from Independence Day. <laughs> You're right. And actually, when cicadas come out, when they come out of the ground, they're their last immature stage, their last nymph stage. They'll crawl up onto a tree or some vertical surface, and they will shed their skin, their nymphal skin, and emerge as adults. When they first emerge as adults, they're very white, white in color. And mm-hmm. some people have said, I saw an albino cicada. Well, it's not an albino cicada. It's, it's actually one that just emerged, and it hadn't hardened off or squaritized yet. Um, and we refer to those as soft-shelled cicadas. <laughs> so just well, crab. It's, a, it's a good stage to eat because they haven't become hard yet. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time today. I think it's uh, I think it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, Paula Shrewsbury, I'll do the Cicada uh, Safari. Also, is there another site that you'd like to recommend that we check out, or is there one that you uh, you are in control of? Sure. Our graduate students that I'm teaching in a class have have created a website called Cicada Crew UMD. So if you Google Cicada Crew UMD, you'll come to a site with lots of great information on cicadas, pictures, all kinds of stuff that will be helpful. All right. Thanks for talking to me today, Paula. I greatly appreciate you. Have a glorious weekend. You too, Rob. Take care. Bye. All right, take care. All right. There you go. So, uh, by the way, you can download the app, which I did on my phone uh, for Cicada Safari. It's called Cicada Safari. And it's, it's really fascinating. Every 17 years, this happens. And like I said, it impacted the heck out of my family. And my son, is he's a big man. He's like 6'1", about 2'10". And uh, uh, he is terrified of them. If there's one near the car, he I have to almost carry him to the car or move the car because he's that frightened of them. But uh, anyway, it's coming out. It's going to be all over the country. So let's talk about some of the great personalities, the great guests on Newsmax television the last day or two, uh, including uh, Greg Kelly. He did a really terrific uh, segment because one of the things I like to say is that uh, this whole Black Lives Matter movement is based on a lie. The whole uh, white supremacy thing is based on a lie. The whole racism is rampant in America and America is a racist country is based on a lie. Yes, we do have our sins, but we have always worked to form a more perfect union. And right now, 
We are in a much better place than we were 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And some incredible people have made history being persons of color despite incredible odds against them over the years. All right, Frederick Douglass, uh, Maya Angelou, um, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., um, Oprah Winfrey, all of these things. And this generation is no better or no worse off than those of the past. It's just this is being used as a way to cover up bad policy and bad life decisions. That said, Greg Kelly talked about Michelle Obama's wah, wah, boo-hoo interview on Friday with CBS with her buddy Gail King. Both of them multi, 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 multi millionaires. Both of them Ivy League school grads. And this, this really hit me as I drove to uh, my mother's home and I drove through like Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is a largely white, very poor area. And I drove up the street that had been torn completely apart and the only rays of sunshine on many of the blocks are government money building a park in the middle of eh, all right? And I drove up through farmland that had been flooded for over a year and farmers who had lost their homes and their buildings and their livelihoods and all of those people, believe it or not, feed people like Michelle Obama. But that doesn't keep Michelle Obama from having a giant flaming chip on her shoulder, even though she is one of the most privileged people to walk on the planet, let alone this country. Here's Greg Kelly talking about Michelle Obama and her big chip on her big privilege shoulder. When Michelle Obama, the former first lady, lies and exaggerates and distorts a history that we all know, when she does this, we see right through it. And even those who may have voted for her, who may even still like her, are going to start saying, enough is enough. With you, with Biden, with your husband, and this whole Black Lives Matter scam. Now... Michelle was on uh, one of the morning shows uh, promoting yet another product. I think this is some cartoon show that she's got over there at Netflix. And, uh, well, she went to the greatest hits. Many of us still live in fear as we go to the grocery store or worry about our, our dogs, walking our dogs or allowing our children to get a license. I mean, just imagine. Aren't your girls right driving? Now, they're driving. Yeah. But every time they get in a car by themselves, I worry about what assumption is being made by somebody who doesn't know everything about them. The fact that they are good. As they drive out of our gated community in our fourth mansion in their $300,000 car, I worry about them. Students and polite girls, but maybe they're playing their music a little loud. Yeah. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. sees the back of their head. And yeah, make- see, this is a fallacy. This is a, a lie about policing. It's an assumption. I, like so many parents of black kids, have to, that the, whole, the, the, the innocent act of getting a license mm-hmm. puts fear in our hearts. Really, really, Michelle. Really, Michelle. Really, Michelle. Here's a little bit more with uh, Greg Kelly and his response to Michelle Obama, the very privileged and very wealthy uh, spoiled brat. Would Malia and Sasha resist arrest? Would they? Forget about the loud music. Do they know how to talk to police? Hmm? You've been surrounded by law enforcement now for 13, 14 years. The Secret Service, men with guns, some of them white men, have been protecting you. Malia and Sasha wouldn't know how to act. This woman, Michelle Obama, had a father, an intact family. He was a janitor. Did he tell her to be afraid of cops? Cops are better now than they were in the 1960s, right? Back when she was born, when she was growing up in Chicago, cops are better now across the board. They are. 
She got a scholarship to Princeton, a scholarship to Harvard Law School. No, the poor little thing. And she's still venting about systemic racism. And when she got out of college, she became a board member on a hospital's uh, uh, board of directors for like a couple hundred thousand dollars for a no-show job, which, you know, I would love to have that at some point, let alone a hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollar job, let alone a no-show job. So honestly, really? Oh, here is uh, here is Greg Kelly talking about uh, Bill de Blasio using his son, uh, who is, uh, is a, a mixed race kid during his campaign. Bill de Blasio used his son in a total scam said that since his son had to be afraid of cops, well, I had to have that special talk with him. They put a campaign video back when he was first running. It was amazing, and it went over a lot of people, but it was all a lie. But he kept at it. This line is about money and power. There's something that sets me apart from all my colleagues running in this race, and that is for the last 21 years, I've been raising a black son in America. And I have he's had a victim too. to have very, very or is he a rectum? serious talk I think both in and come to my son, Dante, about how to protect himself <laughs> on the streets of our city and all over this country, including how to deal with the fact that these poor, poor people has to take special caution <laughs> because there have been too many tragedies between our young men and our police. The threat from police against young black men of color is minuscule, is minuscule minuscule we've showed you the statistics and by the way the uh, the the real problem is the black murder rate black on black violence uh, 13 times the national average i'll get to the weekend in chicago in just a moment times on this show they are exaggerating they are distorting they are sensationalizing and they're doing it for political gain now after by the way he sold that uh, nonsense he went on to ruin new york city i mean literally ruin it Cops and community here in New York had a great relationship. When he came into office, the approval rating of the police department here was at about 75%, no matter what your race, no matter where you came from. And all of that is gone. Well, he's saying that because he's white privileged. No, actually, remember 9-11? Remember 9-11? Do you remember uh, 350 police and firefighters going into the Twin Towers and being crushed to death? Do you remember that? Going up to save people, they didn't go, you know, we really need to just save white people. We just need to save white people. This entire anti-police BLM movement is ginned up by the political class to make excuses for poor life decisions and really poor Democrat policy. That's just the way it is, guys. So 19 people were shot, five fatally over Chicago. In lovely Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Chicago. I'm planning on going to Chicago for my daughter's 16th birthday. I'm bringing a Kevlar vest. So uh, Friday night, 31-year-old man shot multiple times, standing in a gangway between two buildings. 31, he was pronounced dead on the scene. Oh, 9.30 on Saturday um, evening, 14-year-old boy murdered. Yeah, a 14-year-old kid, life ended at 14. Black Lives Matter, nobody there. Nobody there for a uh, big uh, rally. I don't believe that the Reverend Al Sharpton is on his way to Chicago. Uh, let me see, 27-year-old man shot while sitting in a vehicle on 13th Street. 27-year-old man was shot multiple times. 45 people were shot last weekend in Mayor Lightfoot, Chicago. Five of those shooting victims succumbed to their wounds. None of them named Obama driving in a $300,000 car that mom and dad bought for him. There, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's uh, Greg Kelly with one more little uh, piece of audio from Michelle Obama. Back to Michelle. What's next? All those Black Lives Matters kids, they'd rather not have to worry about this. They're taken to the streets because... 
They have to. They're trying to have people understand that that we're real folks and the fear. No, they're not. They're actually taken to the streets so they can bash out windows and destroy stuff. That many have. And steal stuff. Many of them steal stuff. So many of us is irrational and it's based on a history that is just, it's sad and it's dark and it's time for us to move beyond that. She really hates America. Look at her talk down America. This is the country. White people made her first lady and her husband president twice. Two terms. Again, she went to Princeton. Her husband went to Harvard. She went to Harvard. They have had a great life here in this country. They're now suddenly, essentially suddenly. I'm thinking there are a lot of coal miners who would really like to have Michelle Obama's life. Telling us is systemically racist. How dare she talk? A lot of Midwestern farmers are had their, their fields flooded and they're in the state of Iowa. Most of the corn crop last year blown over completely. Down all of us. By the way, Lots of people who voted for her husband twice did vote for Trump. A lot of people working three jobs to just get by would love to be Michelle Obama. They did. And that stuff about they have to take to the streets these Black Lives Matter kids. No, they don't. Do they have to do this? Do they have to intimidate even people of color? No, this is not about anything rational. <laughs> this is about sometimes fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to riot. It's fun to loot. Mm -hmm. Especially if you don't have a job, you know, like people in Portland. So um, this is kind of interesting. And if you look at some of the uh, the major Democrat hubs in the country, you'll see a skyrocketing crime in places like Portland, New York City. St. Louis is now the seventh deadliest city in the world to be. St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri, ladies and gentlemen, and East St. Louis, which has always been just absolutely terrible. Now, in New York last week, one of the ritziest steakhouses in the country, Peter Luger, was shot up by someone outside. He and Dr. Drew Pinsky was actually there. You know Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla and his radio show. He appeared with uh, Rob Schmidt and talking about his experience at Peter Luger getting shot up. Our next guest was there. At that steakhouse, as it happened, Dr. Drew Pinsky, host of, the, of Dr. Drew After Dark, joins us now uh, to talk about this. Sir, thank you so much for taking the time. Pleasure. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an iconic place to go. Uh, everybody in New York wants to go there. Most people have been there by now. Take us back to that moment, uh, I guess, eight days ago. Tell us, would you ever expect this to happen in this place? Oh, of course not. I, yeah. And to your point, I've been wanting to go there literally for years. And I think my daughter and I made an appointment. We were going to see each other a week later. Yeah. Last last dinner engagement of the night at night. I think uh, shootings in New York up 270% in the last year. O'clock, And uh, we got there. Thanks, Black Lives Matter. My wife and I were sitting outside. And before we went in, she said, you know, why don't we sit outside here? I said, mm, it could rain. I want to go inside and get the full Peter Luger experience. <laughs> Had we sat at that table we were that was right in the line of fire outdoors there where where the gentleman was shot the the bystander uh we were having dinner it was uh, finishing up the salads i heard a commotion out front i heard someone yell call 911 i heard someone say someone was down and i saw a woman sort of dive behind the cashier counter so i sort of went over there to see what was going on because i was i thought there was that's actually where we were sitting right there you're looking at our table right through the window there sure, yeah. and i was i was heading towards the the cashier counter because i thought there was a medical problem i mean 911 somebody's down I, i'll go see what's going on as i headed over there the staff was tearing around the corner. Other than that, how was your steak? Like screaming everybody down, herded everyone over in the corner, and there we were with uh, 35 of our closest friends all piled up on top of each other in the corner of the restaurant. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, this is life in America in large Democrat enclaves. Unbelievable. And Michelle Obama, 
says that members of Black Lives Matter had to go out, had to go out and cause $550 million worth of damage in Minneapolis. They had to cause $2 billion of damage around the country, 27 deaths, thousands of police officer injuries. Michelle Obama said people had to do that. Wow. And she did it from behind her gated community in one of her many mansions that she has, even though she has never created a product and sold it or brought it through R&D and brought it to market. Never. No, never, never at all. Hey, uh, Grant Stinchfield had AWR Hawkins. He is a Second Amendment contributor to Breitbart talking about why shootings are happening in major Democrat cities around the country now. Though AWR, what do you think is driving the crime in these cities? Well, in most of these cities, if you look, you don't have a you don't have a lot of punishment for the crimes committed. Yeah. Very few of these cases, especially if you look at Chicago, you don't have a lot of start to finish cases. We saw that same thing in Baltimore. You can get away with murder. Baltimore, when crime was surging there last year and year before, there are not many murders that were solved when those surges are happening. So people know I can commit a crime in these Democrat-controlled cities. I may or may not face a crime. I don't know how many murders I write on in New York or in Chicago or in any of these cities where one of the first things they say after it is that police don't have any suspects or don't have any clue what the suspect might be, who, who he might be, who she might be. And so they know that they can do this with impunity. There you go. They know they can get away with murder. And about a third of them can in cities like Chicago, sometimes even more than that. Here's a little bit more from AWR Hawkins with Grant Stinchfield. Well, I wanted to bring you on the show because you and I were texting earlier in the week. Just it's night after night of this escalation of crime. You've done a little research on this. What have you found? Well, basically what you said, you look uh, Philadelphia stabbing shootings uh, like crazy. You look at Atlanta, 12, 12 shootings last weekend alone. Uh, you've already hit on it, but in Chicago, 45 shootings last weekend, five of those fatal, 13 on Wednesday, two of those fatal. You, you think between January 1 and March 3, excuse me, Jerry, January 1 and May the 3rd, excuse me, you had over 1,000 shootings in Chicago, over 1,000 shooting victims, I should say. That's fatal and non-fatal combined. If you look at simply fatal, over 200 fatalities, January 1 through May 3rd of this year. Huh. You don't hear anything about it, Grant. You don't hear anything about it. No. Instead, they're talking Because about those black lives don't matter. About new regulations for ghost guns has nothing to do with the crime we're seeing in these cities. There you go. There you go. Oh, by the way, there was a shooting on uh, Times Square this weekend. Yeah. New York cop Alyssa Vogel grabbed four-year-old uh, Sky Martinez on Saturday. She was shot in the leg. Sky was waiting in line with her mom to get into a toy store when Farrah Khan Muhammad opened fire. Cops said Farrah Khan, who sells CDs in the area. Yeah, they still buy CDs. Uh, was targeting his brother, who he just argued with. He wouldn't. Uh, he didn't hit his brother, but shot Sky and two other innocent bystanders, Wendy Muggernaut, 23, and the uh, other woman who was yet to be named. Obviously, banning assault weapons would have prevented this from happening or, you know, whatever. The shooting on Saturday comes amid a rise of violent crimes across New York City the last three years. The New York PD's union has repeatedly blamed the rise on Democrat Mayor Bill de Blasio for decreasing their budget. And, yeah, that's through. It's actually, it actually has happened. Yeah. In New York, it's it's going to H-E double hockey sticks in a handbasket. One more thing I want to share with you. This is um, this is Rob Schmidt talking about how the economy is going south dramatically. We found out with terrible uh, economics on Friday, and here's uh, Rob Schmidt's take on it. The situation is pretty obvious. The Trump juice just ran out. 
The last administration lit up our economy like we haven't seen since Ronald Reagan. Remember 3.5% unemployment before COVID? It was insane. One hilarious moment today was watching Jen Psaki try to spin these bad numbers, stating what is factually true without any real context. Take a listen. We've uh, created about an average of 500,000 jobs a month. You haven't created a single job. You haven't. American business has created jobs. And the only reason jobs are being created is because states that are run by Republicans are opening up. Over the last three months. Nothing to do with what the Biden administration is doing. Not one single thing. That's in stark contrast to about 60,000 jobs a month during the final three months of President Trump's administration. Sure, that's true. The numbers are better now than under Trump in the last few months because Trump left during what was like the height of the pandemic before the vaccine had really even come out or been put in anybody's arms except maybe Biden's. The timing for Biden could not have been better on this. There is no better time to walk in to the White House than right after an economic disaster. The numbers should be exploding up. It's all great news after everything goes down to the bottom. You can't go any worse. And that's exactly why economists expected a million new jobs this month. That's a Yeah, they expected a million new jobs. They get 266,000. It should be very easy. Really, really easy to create jobs right now. It should be. But it's not when you're doing Roosevelt-ian economics. One more bite from uh, Rob Schmidt before we wrap up the show today. Again, it's a very big deal. The president has been moving around the country trying to sell his jobs and infrastructure plan. Biden wants $2 trillion of your money to pay for about $200 million in actual, or I'm sorry, $200 billion in actual infrastructure and put the other 90% of that money into a liberal wish list, of course. He was rushed out today to address this horrible jobs report at noon. He popped up on TV. TV. Here's Biden with the spin. Yeah, here's the spin. Quite frankly, we're moving more rapidly than I thought we would. But Again, to HEW in a handbasket. We passed the American Rescue Plan. I want to remind everybody, it was designed to help us over the course of a year, not 60 days. Today. Yes, it's got to happen. It'll happen in a year. It's like the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. The tunnel just going to keep getting longer. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to do uh, one more story before I go. I greatly appreciate you joining me today on the Newsmax Daily. My name is Rob Carson. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. If you would download the Newsmax app on your cellular telephonic device, that would be huge, huge, huge. Actress, comedian, and singer Bette Midler sent out an explosive and offensive tweet on Sunday that appeared to threaten people with uh, children with peanut allergies. Listen to this, okay? In the tweet, she says, if my kid can't bring peanut butter to school, then yours can't bring the deathly plague. Vaccinate or I'm bringing the jiffy. In the tweet, she appeared to confuse uh, peanut butter with jiffy popcorn, you know, the thing that used to come in a little tan with the, 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 the aluminum foil. We never did that. I never had it when I was a kid. I never had it. And he said that they, instead of jiff, which is a marvelous peanut butter and the, the, one of the greatest gifts from God on the world is opening a new jar of extra crunchy jiff and getting that first teaspoon of peanut butter. That's a gift from God. Woo! Fantastic. Uh, there was also the glaring fact that Midler has one grown daughter named Sophie von Hasselberg and no children in school. So... There you go. <laughs> oh, did you miss this, by the way? Did you know that there was, um, did this just happen this weekend? Did this just happen this weekend in Los Angeles? The Vax Live Global Citizen Fundraising Concert. Oh, I guess it's been pre-recorded featuring J-Lo, Eddie Vedder, the Foo Fighters, um, and a bunch of others. So the, the Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world. <laughs> This is, this is the, we are the world, we are the stuck, <clears throat> was hosted by Selena Gomez, 
uh, presented by Tegan and funded by more than 26 million COVID-19 vaccine doses and is funded more than uh, raising an excess of $302 million for the ACT Accelerator, which has the goal to provide equitable access to COVID-19 vaccine test treatments and other medical tools to the world's most marginalized communities and healthcare workers on the front line. So there was a concert. You're going to get a concert for the COVID vaccines, among other things. Uh, and you could also get a free donut. You know, if you go to if you go to Krispy Kreme, you, can, you show just all you got to do is give them a little bit of personal medical information and you'll get a free donut. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this glorious Monday. I really do appreciate you joining me. If you would, and uh, just on a personal note, say a prayer for my mother. Uh, her name is Bonnie, and she lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And she is the reason you can blame her for me, all right? <laughs> you can blame her for me, so good or bad. In the meantime, guys, have a glorious day. God bless you. God bless our police. God bless America. I will see you tomorrow, and you'll hear me. Until then, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.